Hello everyone, and welcome to our Sunday evening Bible study. We've been having a cable issue here in town since early this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and do the uh, Sunday evening Bible study while we have cable running. Um, and I, um, uh, someone is right now saying to themselves, Oh, my pastor's going to watch the Super Bowl. Well, what I'm going to do really is eat some banana pudding and some dip that my wife made. But really and truthfully, we've been having trouble with our internet all day long and we look like we've got a stretch right now where it's up and functioning. So I thought I would put this out and then you guys can watch it at your leisure. So uh, tonight we're going to begin a study on the topic of operating faith. It'll begin with Colossians chapter 2. I want to welcome all those of you that are joining us uh, through the Facebook or will be watching as, as uh, uh, time goes on. And uh, I want to welcome those from the podcast, Mike Springston FFC Podcast, um, and uh, Lift Him Higher Radio, of course, all of those of you that come on and join us. Today, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, and we're going to cover this topic over the next uh, few sessions. But Remember that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We would love to hear from you. Now, we're going to begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to go right into Colossians chapter 2. Father, we thank you for your love and goodness. Open our eyes that we can see our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then let us plant our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Father, we ask that Jesus would speak through the Holy Spirit, reveal what he needs you to know, what he needs our people to know, and what he needs me to know. We will receive it and we will release it to your people. And we will thank you for the ministry of the man in the Godhead. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. So we're going to look at Colossians chapter 2, beginning with verse 2. Let's see what it says. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and, un un and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and the Father, and of Christ. Now, the heart of man must be comforted by being called into a nearness and by being exhorted or encouraged to do something. Of course, that something is to be able to walk and live by faith. Faith serves as a comfort, my friend. Now watch these next words. Being knit together in love. This phrase means being united by being driven together. It gives the idea of being compacted and gathered to instruct and to prove. Now faith then becomes the action that is used to accomplish this phrase. Love is the basis upon which faith has the foundation to mount up an action, faith, operating by love, finds love as the foundation from which 
to mount up an action of believing, of saying, I, by love, can move forward in faith. Now, what's available by releasing our hearts in faith is based upon love. Love is the basis of our faith. When we find faith based upon love, then we find not only the mind of Christ, but the heart of God. All riches, Paul said, and full assurance of understanding come when we prove the, the faith that is built on the foundation of love. So, faith driven by love then becomes limitless because it has absolutely no boundaries. What a revelation that is. Our love-based faith is, is a part that is brought to us by the ability to discern, now get this, the mystery of God, the Godhead. Now what exactly is that? Well, we know that this mystery is inclusive of the work of the Father and of the victoriously anointed Son. We go to Matthew chapter 28 and we see Jesus saying that we are to go teach all nations to observe and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to be immersed into the Father and into the Son and into the Holy Spirit. Wow. The inclusivity of that Godhead is what Paul is bringing out in Colossians chapter 2. In Christ's victory, the control and the dominion of all three worlds have been revealed. So our faith by Christ Jesus is operated in us by the abiding Jesus Christ and by the abiding of the divine Godhead. Verse 3, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In this discernment of the mystery of the Godhead lay all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If we identify who the Godhead is, and we identify how we by faith relate to the Godhead, there is absolutely nothing that heaven considers as a heavenly treasure that can or will be hidden from you. Now watch this key point. To those who do not seek, ask, or knock, to enter into this identity there will always be something for you missing. We wonder why our prayers seem to bounce back to us. We wonder why the events of life seem to continue to be hard and hurtful. We wonder where is God and why have I been told that if I will do this and I will do that and I do them and He doesn't. He doesn't seem to hear. He doesn't seem to answer. Why, we wonder. We, we, we struggle. And many have come to the conclusion because of that struggle 
there must not be a God. I struggled, I begged, I prayed, I cried, and nothing happened. So there must not really be a God. Well, here is your answer, my friend. Things are hidden. They're hidden in the Godhead. They're hidden from you because you've chosen to remain in the shallow end of the spiritual pool. Tears and fears and doubts, unbelief and faulty teaching have left you with a spiritual life that has absolutely no depth and can't discern truth from fiction. Let me prove it to you. We have a lot of teaching today about the cross. The cross is a magical place. It's a tremendous place. It's a place where Jesus Christ took upon himself the sin of the world and died. It's a place where forgiveness and healing finds its genesis. But it's not the only place. Not the only place. Because we saw that same man taken off the cross and put in the tomb in flesh, wrapped and prepared a body for the tomb. And we saw the scripture declare that he was resurrected. So we saw him at the cross. Then he went to the tomb. Then we saw him as resurrected in a body no one recognized, but a voice that they knew. Then we heard him say to Mary that he was going to his father. We know the action that he did. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances against you as the high priest in the tabernacle. Then we know that he became Lord, the exalted Lord. He came back and said, all power and all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. In Mark 28 and Mark 16, he said, if you'll take my name, you'll cast down devils, speak with new tongues, nothing inside you, outside you will hurt you, everyone you lay hands on will recover, and I'll confirm the word because I have become Lord. Huh. Then we know that he ascended into glory and was seated at the right hand of God where he sent forth the promise of God which was the Holy Ghost and filled them and baptized them in Acts chapter 2 and the church took off. Now here's the issue. We want to remain in the shallow end of the spiritual pool. We want to remain around the cross where the cross allows us to have free access to two things, sin and forgiveness. Free access, sin and forgiveness. We never go into the tomb, bury our flesh. We never go and be resurrected with Jesus Christ, with victory over death and hell. We never understand that we are a priest that he is our high priest and we have become priests. We never come under his lordship. And we certainly have been told that we had access into the throne room of God where we would be seated in Christ Jesus, but no one ever told us how we needed to go to get there. We just all assumed that it would happen in the cross. And that all of John 14, 15, 16, and 17 would all come to fruition because we went through the cross. Well, my friend, unfortunately, 
we've remained in a comfort zone of teaching, preaching, and living that affords us no presence in the throne room of God. Why? Because we've never exercised our faith. We've never utilized the foundation of the love of God to actually follow Jesus. Now we went to the cross. We raised our hand when they said, does anybody want to be saved? We lipped a prayer that quoted, restated what they said. God is faithful. But we stayed at the cross. Because that's all our modern day teaching wants to tell us. Well, when you remain in your comfort zone, my friend, when you remain there, your ability to have a presence in the throne room of God is limited. Can't get there. The cross can't get there. The cross can get you moving, get you forgiven, cause your transgressions, iniquities, lost peace, and heal you physically and spiritually. But unless you're willing to walk the steps of Jesus Christ, die out to your flesh, be resurrected from the dead as Christ was. See, Paul said, for I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet now the life that I live, I live after the faith of the Son of God. Paul was telling you the process. We don't want to go there because we're not being told that our faith, having a foundation of love, should cause our flesh to die, our spirit man to prosper, our resurrected life, to be changed and fashioned into the image of his dear son. Our priesthood, his lordship over us, and then our access into the throne room of God. There, having a presence. Now, many of you are going to say to me, well, pastor, I've been saved, and I'm glad you did. I, I'm thrilled with that, but the Bible declares that you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, doesn't it? Only you know what you have done. Only you know the frustration that you've encountered. Only you know where you have come to say, well, I guess I can live this way. I, I can do this. I can be involved with that. I can talk like that. I can drink a little bit. I can smoke a little bit. I, 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 you know, Jesus gets me. Yeah, only you know where you are in your faith life. But I want to tell you today, you know what you have done and you know also that the means of which you live is in direct correlation to the spiritual frustration of which you live under. My friend, I'm not talking about an operation of faith for being saved. I'm not talking about that. When I'm talking about the operation of faith, I'm talking about an operation of faith that takes you somewhere that Jesus Christ went and you are to follow. I'm talking about the operation of faith that's based on the love of God. One that you can experience that brings to you the riches of the full assurance of understanding that leads to you uncovering the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In order to accomplish this, you have to follow Jesus. Now we've been taught 
how to follow him. I just told you. You go to the cross, you go to the tomb, you go to the region of the dam, you go to the tabernacle, you go to his lordship, and then you have access into the throne room of God boldly. There's, there's no... There, if, you, if you look at the word of God and listen to what's being said, from our teaching at least, access into the Godhead, access into the throne room of God, where you will find grace and mercy to help in time of need, I might add. That access belongs to the follower, belongs to the pursuer, but it does not belong to the lingerer. The lingerer will hang around. He will utilize the fringe of spirituality. But I'm talking about a faith that will operate out of the love of God from pursuing God and from following Jesus through every step of his life. From here, the entire plan and the grand design of God is uncovered before your very eyes. We accept it. We're seated with Christ to take part in the things that those who do not follow, those who linger, and those who loiter cannot receive. Things such as forgiveness, my friend, in the economy of God are always available. Confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you. But without moving forward in the action of faith on the foundation of love, without moving into that, well, you won't uncover the things of God. Paul knew it, and he said so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 9 and 10. But as it is written, I have not seen nor eareth heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What's the foundation for the things that God has prepared for you? Love. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Now watch this now. Love and faith are the access into the last part of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit. Now watch it. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Huh. The deep things of God. What is in the deep things of God, Pastor? The things that I have not seen or ever heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man, but they are the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. It is only the deep things where love abides that the things that I hadn't seen and ears heard resides. It's in that treasured area. It's in that hidden spot. It's in a place that you have to know the path of how to get there. There's only one way to obtain these things, my friend. To get to the depths of the love of God, that's the only way to do it. Go there through the love of God, it's the only way to get there. When Jesus went to the cross, you know why he went there? He went there under the love of God. 
When Jesus went to the tomb, preserved his inner man, but died to the flesh, why was his inner man preserved? Because of the love of God. When he went to hell and the Holy Spirit was dispatched, why was the Holy Ghost dispatched to bring him out of hell? Because of the love of God. When he came bearing his own blood and operated as a high priest in the tabernacle, sprinkling blood on the vessels of ministry, what caused him to do that, the love of God? When he came out of there and was pronounced Lord, why did he do that? Because of the love of God. When he came back to earth and pronounced his lordship, gave instructions and told them the Holy Spirit was coming. Why was he doing that? The love of God. When he was ascended into glory and seated at the right hand of God, why, why did that happen? The love of God. Whenever he spoke back out and sent the Holy Spirit back into the earth, why did he do that? The love of God. Everything is built on one foundation. The love of God. Now the methodology to tap into that foundation is to tap into it by faith. Now you're going to place your faith upon something. What is it? Jesus Christ. It's going to begin with the cross. Going to go to the tomb. Going to come out of the resurrection. Going to go as high priest. Going to become Lord. And now man in the Godhead. All of that. All of those works. Bring you in to the access into the throne room of God. There is only one way, my friend, to obtain these things. It is through the foundational concept and idea that you're going to get there through the love of God. Jesus went to the cross, the tomb, hell, the tabernacle, the lordship, and seated at the right hand of God, all because of one thing, the foundational operation of the love of God, of which he put faith in. How can you get there by operating in the thing that pleases him the most? And that's faith. Faith will get you in concert with the Spirit. And my friend, while in concert by love through faith, you can have the deep things of God revealed to you. Wisdom and knowledge come from this deep revelation. There are insights into how God does things that will enhance your judgment. And give you a sense of knowing. If by faith in love you could always make good judgments and know what to do, boy, you would exceed any of your earthly peers. Would you not have the ability to make the absolute correct choice and do it all the time? Would you not have in you the understanding of what was happening and what was coming that others didn't know? And you, through the Spirit of God, through faith and love, could have that insight. Well, my friend, this isn't distributed at the cross. Paul says it comes by the action of faith, built on the foundation of love. These then expose the riches and the fullness of a divine mystery. That mystery has a treasure a hidden treasure of great value 
It's called wisdom and knowledge. Then in verse 6 and 7 of uh, Colossians chapter 2, Paul says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up, now watch this, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So faith and love and operation create an availability to and of an entrance into the divine Godhead. What's the key here? As ye receive Christ, Jesus the Lord. Do you see that? He was Jesus on the cross who died for your sins. He was Jesus in the tomb who took his flesh, but his spirit was preserved. He was the victoriously anointed Christ who was resurrected from the dead. He became the high priest as ye have received. What did you receive? The freedom from the handwriting of ordinances and the blemishes that were held against you. Who did it? The high priest. Then he became Lord. Paul's about to tell us the rest of the story. So as we see Jesus all described in one verse, verse 6 of Colossians chapter 2, the exhortation, the encouragement is to walk in Him. Now you can't walk in Him unless you're willing to walk with Him. You can't walk in Him unless you're willing to follow Him. You cannot walk unless you go where He went. This understanding will root you, my friend, and it will build you up. Most importantly, it will establish you in faith. This is what you've been taught, Paul says. Now be in excess of an abundance to use your faith and be grateful for the access that faith and love have provided you. Now verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Huh. In him, in all of his work, in all of his walks, in all of his expressions, in exposing the love of the Father, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body. When we learn to follow him through his steps, all the way to the throne room, we find a deep truth. In him is all the treasures of the riches and the full assurance of understanding that have been, as it were, a secret to mankind in the spirit world. It is also a secret to those who never develop their relationship, who never follow the steps of salvation and the captain of their salvation, who never come into the author and the finisher of their faith. This is another revelation. He is there in a body. He has all of the fullness of the Father and the Holy Spirit dwelling in Him. This is the revelation because if we understand this, we being in Him have by Him uncovered the access not only into the mind of Christ, but into the very mind of the Godhead. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I'm about to be done for tonight. This makes us to be absolutely complete. We know, we judge, we see, we do, and we possess all of the things that were represented in Jesus Christ as he walked this earth. We speak from heaven's perspective. 
We have freedom to operate our faith in love. We are sealed and approved to work in the Spirit. We have the full measure of our man and the Godhead. Therefore, all things are placed in our hands to be able to continue to do and to teach what Jesus began to do and to teach. What is complete? What does it mean? It means that there is absolutely nothing lacking. There is nothing hidden. hidden, And there is nothing out of our reach. All things that require order, that are in time and have a place, answer to him, therefore, we are complete in order, time, and place. All things that express force and control and are responsive to his command. Therefore, we have the freedom and capacity to execute authority as a delegated influence. That's what Jesus taught. All of this comes from the man in the Godhead to us. Riches and full assurance of understanding reside in the Godhead. We have complete access to him in order, place, time, and power. My God, he holds all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Therefore, there is nothing unknown to him and nothing hidden from us. The position of fullness in the Godhead has done something for the believer that we have never really understood. It's given us the ability to find, to locate, and to live in the completeness that's in Him. What is the means and the methodology of access? Faith. Through the foundation of love. That's your access. Walk the walk. Talk the talk. And live in the completeness of Jesus Christ. It is yours and it belongs to you. Father, I pray that you'll minister to your word tonight. I pray that you will bless those that hear your word. I pray that you will move upon their lives. I pray that they'll find the truth in what we're teaching. Apply it to their lives. Move forward in Christ. Come into the knowledge of the principalities and the power of which he possesses and holds in full dominion and control. I pray that you'll do it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Well, until next time, we love you. We appreciate you. We hope to see you at 1030 next Sunday morning at Family Fellowship Chapel. God bless you until we speak again.